We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day podcast. What's up, friends? Welcome back to another episode of the Pack a Day podcast. I'm your host Andy Herman. You can follow me on Twitter at Andy Herman NFL. Thanks so much for being here today. You are going to be happy that you are here today. I am extremely excited to be here today because we are talking Carl Brooks, and I'm just going to get this out of the way right at the beginning. I love him so much. He is my favorite day three Packers pick. Let's just say ever. I don't know. Maybe there's some other player in the you know last 30 years that's up there for me. I can't think of one off the top of my head. I am so excited to break down Carl Brooks with you today that you can probably tell by my excitement and my glee and my smile if you're watching on YouTube that this is just something that uh, I'm excited to get into. So let's freaking do it. Let's talk Carl Brooks. He is a 6'3", 296-pound defensive lineman out of Bowling Green. He is a fifth-year senior, was a fifth-year senior, and just turned 23 years old on May 8th. So despite, and we're going to get to this in a second, despite in 2018, immediately coming in and making an impact with Bowling Green in his first season at Bowling Green. Despite all of that, despite playing five incredible seasons with Bowling Green, he still just turned 23 on May 8th. So he's still young enough. This is not like if you're thinking like fifth year player and somebody who made an impact all the way back in 2018, you're probably thinking of somebody that's maybe 24, 25 years old, but he just turned 23 years old. And I want to get to his background because I think it's important. In high school, he played wide receiver then safety, then linebacker. He was also a basketball player. He was a star track athlete. And all of those things combined, I really do believe, create this unique player who went from a 
scrawny wide receiver in high school to a 290 plus pound defensive lineman slash edge rusher at Bowling Green in the matter of, you know, what, eight ish years. Like that's the type of player that we're talking about. And again, the track background, the basketball went from wide receiver to safety to linebacker, all of those traits, all of those skills you watch and you see when you see him play at Bowling Green. And I do think all of those different skills that he's picked up in his different positions and his different sports have translated to this very, very, very unique defensive lineman for Green Bay. Statistically, he was an absolute beast. He had 167 tackles in his career, 30 sacks per pro football focus, six forced fumbles and interception. Most importantly, he had 160 pressures, 160 pressures in 1140 pass rush snaps. That's a pressure every 7.1 pass rush attempt over five seasons. Every seven times he rushes the quarterback, he's going to get there one of those times. That's incredible. Oh, by the way, 69 pressures, 69 pressures in 2022 alone on 386 pass rush attempts a pressure on every 5.6 pass rush attempts. Every Basically, once every five and a half pass rush attempts, he is getting to the quarterback. That is incredible. Incredible productivity, incredible production. He had the sack numbers, the pressure numbers, six forced fumbles, even had an interception in there. Statistically, he was a beast. Per pro football focus in 2018, a 70.7 grade. That was his first season. And you go back, what, 2018, five years ago. So what you're talking about, a 18-year-old at that time. 2019 had a 74.2 grade. 2020, he had a 64.9 grade. Then 2021, he really started to turn it on with an 81.1 grade. And this past season in 2022, a 93.0 grade. Their top graded edge defender, in all of college football, not just draft eligible players, in all of college football, he was their top graded edge defender that they graded. He was their third highest graded defensive player. There were two Cincinnati players, a defensive tackle and an off-ball linebacker that graded ahead of him on defense. He was third. He was the sixth highest rated overall player in college football for them a season ago. It was the two Cincinnati players I just mentioned and three running backs, including Bijan Robinson. Those were the only players that were ahead of him in all of PFF's college football grading from a season ago, a 93.0 grade. And the tape matches it. The productivity matches it. PFF's grade matches it. All of it comes together to this beast of a player at Bowling Green of all places in 2022. Athletically, this is the antithesis of the Packers picks, usually. Usually we're talking about, all right, athletically they tested through the roof, but there's a couple things that they need to do differently and need to get coached up on, right? Those sort of things. And I'm not saying that Carl Brooks is a finished product and that he doesn't need to be coached up on things. We'll get to all of that a million percent, but 5.87 RAS score tested extremely poorly in the vert with only a 30th percentile vertical jump and even worse in the short shuttle with only 11th percentile short shuttle score. He tested slightly above average in just about everything else, which gets him to that 5.87 RAS score as a defensive lineman. And ultimately at the end of the day, we are not talking here about some like 12th percentile athlete or fifth percentile athlete. Yes, there were a couple things, the vert, the short shuttle, he didn't test very well in, but we're still talking about 
a 58th percentile athlete at the defensive lineman position with all of the defensive tackle scores in there through basically the start of the combine till now. So he's still an above average athlete at the position. I know we're just so accustomed to hearing eight point somethings, nine point somethings, and these super high RAS scores. This is lower, a 5.87. Let's not forget that's still an above average athlete. And when you combine that with the tape, the, you know, the, um, the statistics, the production, and everything all sort of rolled into one, you can certainly understand why Green Bay was maybe willing to go outside of their normal athletic thresholds to take a player like this who did tear up Bowling Green and, and tear up his entire conference and basically anyone that he played against over the past, you know, especially the last two seasons, but even since basically he went and started at Bowling Green in his very first season. From an athletic comp standpoint, his RAS, they didn't have a mock draftable comp. His RAS comps were Marvin Wilson out of Florida State, Marlon Davidson out of Auburn. I believe Davidson was a former second round pick by the Falcons, if I remember correctly. I think Wilson was most recently a practice squad player for the Eagles, if I remember correctly. Either way, none of them or neither of them really went on too much in the NFL. So hopefully that's not the case for Carl Brooks, but those were the athletic comps according to the relative athletic score database. All right, let's jump into the positives, then we'll get to the negatives, and then we'll kind of get to what he brings to Green Bay and my final thoughts. But the positives, the first one is he has fantastic, quick hand usage and violent hand usage. And that's what I really like about his game. His hands are coming at you a million miles per hour. He's swiping your hands away. He's coming at you and they just don't stop. And sometimes it can get a little bit out of place from time to time. And it's not always the sexiest, most perfect hand placement. Those are things that he can improve with time, but his hands are constantly active. They're coming at you from the word go and they do not stop. And that's what I really enjoy about it. And it works so well for him. It worked as an edge rusher. And actually let's just back up just a quick second. One of the things I really love about him is we're talking about a 290 plus pound defensive tackle that he's going to play or defensive lineman, at least in Green Bay in their 3-4 defense. Whenever they, you know, their 10 snaps a game, they might actually play in a 3-4 defense, but he's a defensive lineman, right? In, at Bowling Green, he lined up primarily, especially this last season, as a 290 plus pound edge rusher, most often standing up as a 3-4 outside linebacker edge rusher, if you can think of it that way. It was incredible to watch. You're this, you know, massive 290 plus pound human being. This is not your Lucas Van Ness, Hercules chiseled 275 pound godlike physique at edge. This is a little bit of a different body type, 295 pound, big, aggressive, hulking outside linebacker that you just are not accustomed to seeing as an outside linebacker. And that's what made him so fun. But that quick hand usage, he used it on the outside. He used it at the at the inside. Wherever he was lined up, it consistently played. He consistently won with it. And it should be something that consistently helps him win in the NFL as well. As mentioned, he lined up all over the defensive front. Not really a nose tackle type of guy. Let's just put that out there. But he can line up as a three technique. He can line up as like a three, four end. I do think he can still line up as a three, four outside linebacker, even for the Packers, if they want to use him in a little bit of a different role there. Just a very fun piece that lined up all over the defensive front. I think you can do some Zadarius Smith stuff where he lined up over center because of how he rushes as a pass rusher. 
I think he's going to be a very fun piece to use. More of a pass rusher than a run defender, especially on the interior, but we'll talk about that as well. But you can move him all around. And if he does end up being a really good player, it just allows you more mismatches, right? If he does become let's just say it carries over and he becomes a dominant player like he was at Bowling Green for the Packers, there's going to be a learning curve there. But let's say it ultimately someday happens. The fact that he can play all over is certainly going to make him more of a mismatch piece for Joe Barry and that Packers defense. Next up, he is the most slippery, almost 300 pound player that I have ever seen. It's like offensive linemen can't really get their hands on him. And just when you think you've got him lined up, like he's in a different spot. And again, using his hand usage and his quickness and his first step, all those things that come to mind when I watch him on tape, those are all things that set him up for success. But it's like, you know, when you're talking usually like about a 5'7 running back who's slippery through the hole, that's this weirdo 300 plus, almost 300 pound, I should say, edge rusher slash defensive tackle. For whatever reason, guard centers, offensive tackles, they struggle to get him squared up and really get their hands on him and win and dominate at the point of attack. He's just slippery. It is uncanny and it is so fun to watch. The next thing is he's ha- he has that hunter's mentality. I've talked about this with Ben Fennel a little bit. Uh, I've talked about it in a couple other places as well. When it comes to pass rush productivity, as long as they are a average to good athlete or better, trust the pass rush productivity and his productivity and the efficiency that he rushed the passer with was through the roof. And by the way, it wasn't just rushing the passer. It was getting into the backfield, tackles for loss, disrupting plays, disrupting run plays and pass plays. Like you can trust that to some extent. Some players just have a mentality of, I don't care who's across from me. I don't care if I'm a almost 300 pound, what's supposed to be defensive lineman standing up and playing an outside edge rusher. It doesn't matter. I'm going to get the job done. I'm going to get to your quarterback and there's nothing that you can do about it. I'll find a way, Uh, whatever I have to do, whether it's my hands, whether it's a quick first step, whether it's a spin move, I, I don't care. I'm going to find a way to get your quarterback on the ground. And that's basically all he did, especially this past season, especially the year before that. You can see the productivity. I went through all the stats previously, but he has that Hunter's mentality where he's, it doesn't matter. He's going to find a way to the quarterback and he does it over and over and over again. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, 
but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. He also has a really nice repertoire of moves that he can go to. He's got a bull rush. He will attack the armpit and gain leverage and kind of throw guys to the side. I've seen him use a spin move. I've seen him use a rip move. He has extremely violent hands. I've seen him use an arm over. He's got a pretty good arsenal of moves. Now he needs to do a better job of sort of stacking those and putting them together and not just sort of, you know, pulling a random one out of a hat and going at it. But overall, I like his move set and I think it's only going to continue to improve in the NFL and as he becomes a more well-rounded player. He can win with leverage. I mentioned that and just kind of how he gets his hands in you. And he will win not only in the passing game, but in the run game with leverage as well. He gets a little bit high at times and he doesn't always play with the best pad level, but I have seen him win with leverage. And I think it's something, like I said, he can kind of continue to improve on in that regard in the NFL as well. But I, I like what I saw in college out of it. A very quick first step, especially for a 290 pound guy. I know it didn't test that way. I know it wasn't like a extremely fast, like 10 yard split or anything like that, but you watch him out of his stance. He's often one of the first guys out of his stance and making contact with the opposing offensive lineman. So I like this first step. And as like, we keep talking about like five, seven running back type traits. He has like running back type vision at times where if, especially on like twists and stunts, or like when he has a little bit more free reign to sort of get after the quarterback, however he deems fit, he will find these little creases and gaps that he can get through and he will just get through them. And there's sometimes where like you see things like sort of just kind of open up. And a lot of times defensive tackles have a one track. He finds a way to get through those holes. Like I said, it's almost like a running back mentality and we're going all the way back to his unique traits and you know him being a former wide receiver and track star. I think you can really see some of these things carry over to how he plays this pseudo edge rusher slash defensive lineman position and finds ways to sneak through holes and get to the quarterback. It's like I said, it's very, very fun to watch. He does work hard to set the edge in the run game and he has the size to do it. I do think he can be an edge defender in the NFL, especially on early downs as a run defender. I think that'd actually be a very fun way to use him. He is a fantastic rallier to the football. You want to talk about the best defenses in the world. The best defense of the world play as a team. They all rally to the football. They don't give up on plays. Carl Brooks is that. He has great energy. He has great effort. He rallies to the football. He doesn't give up on plays. He keeps working. And that mentality for a guy coming out of Bowling Green that's going to have to try to make his way in the NFL, that is going to carry over. That is going to play. And start thinking about all of these positives, right? Yes, not 99th percentile athlete, but an above average athlete with incredible production, with great effort, with a pass rush repertoire, somebody who's played outside and inside, like start stacking some of these things up and start really thinking about how unique of a player Carl Brooks really is. He also somehow, and again, like he's, he's so bizarre and fun and weird and it's awesome. He somehow at his size, even for an edge rusher, has a closing burst to the quarterback. It's so, it's stupid. It shouldn't exist. Like he has a closing burst to the quarterback. Like he just, and that goes back to that Hunter's mentality. He has a way that like he sees quarterback, he gets quarterback. 
And it's, like I said, just so fun to watch because you see this 300 pound guy and you're just expecting this lumbering dude. But like all of a sudden he's like, you know, the eyes get wide. He sees quarterback and he's going to go and explode to the quarterback and get him down. Some people just know how to finish the play. He knows how to finish the play. He has that finishing technique that, you know, that closing burst to the quarterback. And that's how he racks up the sacks and the pressures that he does. Uh, He had a clutch fourth down sack in overtime in a game. So he comes up big in big moments as well. As mentioned, that effort there is constantly working. Even when he gets caught up a little bit, he's still working to find a way to get back involved in the play, which is what you love to see. He has a really good crossover move. Let's go back to basketball for a second. Like he will step one way and then cross over. He'll use an arm over when he needs to, but it's, 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 uh, it's an impressive crossover move that you don't always see from like a edge or a defensive tackle, but it allows him to sort of come, you know, a lot of times come with that bull rush, but then he'll look, he'll step outside and then cross back over inside and it ends up working as a very nice counter move for him. He had production and pressure production from day one, and he led his team in sacks for five consecutive seasons at every year at Bowling Green from when he was 18 years old until he was 22 years old, he led his team in sacks, which is incredible. I also love that he comes at you with a purpose. Some edge rushers just kind of look like they're going through the motion and like, all right, got to kind of, you know, just get through this play or what. He is attacking from the moment that that snap goes and he is coming at you with force, with intensity, with purpose, and with that hunter's mentality. Everything that he does is with purpose. And if I was an offensive tackle, guard, center, whatever, this is not a guy that I would have a lot of fun lining up across from me. There's going to be some reps that you win, but he's going to make it a very difficult day for you more often than not. The other thing is with that quick first step and with his ability to win inside with quickness, he has sudden wins. And again, this is all going to be projection for him because he's going to be moving inside and it's coming from Bowling Green, and he's not the high-level athlete. So there is just a a big question as to how this is going to translate at the NFL level. As excited as I am, there are no guarantees here. In fact, it's more likely than not that this doesn't work out, but I'm sure hoping that it does, because if it does, it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. But when he wins, he wins suddenly. And there are few things as disruptive as a player on the interior of the defense winning suddenly and causing chaos at the beginning of your play. And he has the ability to get those quick wins. You coming at you with a purpose, those quick hands, the quick first step, the move set that he has, he's coming at you aggressively. He's coming at you physically. He's coming at you with pace and he has the ability to win with immediacy. And when that happens, it's going to blow up your entire play. And those are the type of players that can really make a difference if he can find a way to do it anywhere near consistently at the NFL level. Another thing is his entire body works in unison. His leg movements, his eyes, his his head movements, his arms, his quick hands, all of it is working together. And that's what I kind of go back to with like, there's a purpose to what he's doing. I'm telling you guys, watching the tape, watching this big, almost 300 pound edge rusher come at these tackles, like you could just tell they're like, ah, like it was, it's almost like a stampede coming at you. And you're just like, you know, the, like the cartoons where it's like one, you know, cartoon character and a stampede's coming at you. And you're just like, you know, all of a sudden you're trampled and you're like the pancake on the ground. Like, that's what it felt like. It felt like one of those cartoon characters who looks up and sees a stampede coming. That is Carl Brooks coming at players. It's like a stampede 
all rolled into one. And like I said, it makes it a very difficult, not fun day for an opposing offensive lineman. And then last but not least, from a positive standpoint, he's got great leadership. He was a two-year captain at Bowling Green as well. So he's just another player that brings high-end character and uh, some of those leadership traits to the table as well. All right, let's get to the negatives. The first one is just his level of competition. And you know, let, let's let's go to the Mississippi State tape because he didn't play great or make much of an impact in his one big school, you know, opportunity last year against Mississippi State. He didn't do a ton, didn't make a huge impact. That said, they went with a very unique game plan that game. There were a lot of three-man rushes coming from Bowling Green and a lot of times, in fact, almost every time, he saw a lot of double and even some triple teams against Mississippi State. They weren't going to let Carl Brooks beat them. So that was his most inconsistent performance. You still saw him win some one-on-ones against Mississippi State. You saw him also get beat a little bit more in the one-on-ones against Mississippi State. So that's going to be the big question is he has all of this really, really fun tape, the high-end productivity. It was at Bowling Green against let's be frank, a lot of lower level competition, offensive guards and tackles who aren't going to be in the NFL and the NFL level players are going to be a whole heck of a lot better and a lot more athletic than Carl Brooks You know, is just, it is just what it is. So that's going to be the big question mark here is how can he take what he did at Bowling Green and take it and do some of the same things in the NFL? And it just might not happen, but the hope is, is that he can carry at least some of that over and be a productive rotational player at worst for Green Bay. The other thing is you will see his hands on his hips a lot. And that usually just means that he's a little bit tired, maybe a little bit out of shape. And that kind of goes along with just his body type and you know, kind of the way he looks on tape. You will see him just kind of standing up, hands on hips. But what I'll say about that is you would see him hands on hips, kind of huffing for air. And then the play would start and he was right back at you, all intensity. It was like, it didn't matter. It's like, okay, yeah, you maybe he's got his hands on his hips. Maybe he's not in peak a million percent perfect shape. I don't care if like, if he's coming at you still a million miles an hour, as soon as that ball is snapped, I'm okay with it. I didn't see him slow down in those situations, even though he was maybe a little bit gassed, a little bit tired. I still saw him come at the opposing offensive lineman play after play. And let's be real. He's probably going to be a rotational player at best to start off with. So we're not talking 40, 50 snaps anymore. We're talking maybe 10 to 12 snaps to begin his career. So I'm not super concerned about that either. Uh, There were far too many speed rushes where he just got pushed upfield. Now this is part of him playing a little bit out of position as a, you know, bizarro edge rusher at almost 300 pounds. But when he didn't bull rush or when he didn't try to counter inside, a lot of times he would just come with a, a, you know, edge rush, like with speed a little bit and you didn't have the speed or the bendability to do it. So the offensive tackle would just guide him out of the play, guide him out of the play, guide him out of the play. And there was just a little bit too much of that on tape where, you know, if you're going to be a edge runner, it doesn't matter where you're lined up. You just can't take yourself out of the play that much. You got to figure out a way to level yourself back with the quarterback, get back involved in the play. And there were far too many times you just come in with that speed rush to the outside and they would just pass him right along and it would be no threat to the quarterback whatsoever. You know, I think the other thing here is that while he is going from Bowling Green to the NFL, which is going to be a transition, he's also going to probably be a full-time defensive lineman slash interior pass rusher, right? So there is going to be a change in position as he makes that transition as well. So there's a lot that's going to be changing. They very well may ask him to put on more weight, uh, to hold up a little bit better at the point of attack as a defensive lineman. 
Personally, I kind of think that would be a mistake. I think let him play the way that it is. We'll see what they ultimately do. And But that's all going to be a transition for him, moving to the NFL, playing a little bit different position than what he's been used to, probably going to be asked to hold up more on the interior as a run defender than what he's been asked to do at Bowling Green. So there is definitely going to be some changes here in store for Carl Brooks. He will jump off sides from time to time, try to guess a snap count. So that's something he needs to clean up a little bit. The other thing is while he will bull rush players, more often than not, he likes to go around players rather than always, you know, maybe going through players or maybe like backing up players into the quarterback or, you know, using that bull rush, that speed to power, those sort of things. The thing here too is he's pretty darn good at going around players. He's got that arm over. He's got that quick first step. He's got that crossover move. Like he's got those quick, violent hands that he wins with. So yeah, if I were really good at winning with maybe a little bit more finesse and maybe not so much power, I would probably keep trying to win with finesse too. So I think he does need to work a little bit at times of maybe, you know, being a little bit more physical and working through players and, and, you know, shedding blocks and those sort of things, rather than just trying to, you know, get that arm over and win with speed, because those are going to be things that are a lot harder to do at the NFL level. I mean, clearly to his build and athleticism, he's got small hands, he's got short arms, he didn't test through the roof, the short shuttle was really bad, like, those are things that could potentially limit him. And that's why this is such an interesting projection as to see how he does moving into the NFL against these much better athletes than what he saw at Bowling Green. He will struggle to hold the point of attack against double teams, which is something he's got to work on and change a direction to. We talk about that short shuttle. It showed up on tape. There'd be times where he would get upfield and the quarterback would just step up in the pocket a little bit. And that time that it took for him to sort of turn back around and get back to the quarterback. It was just a little bit like we're, we're used to these high-end athletes that Green Bay loves. And you usually see that change of direction. It's just something that takes place so naturally. For him, it's like a little bit more like a, you know, a car on a slick road. It's just kind of like, you know, spinning out a little bit and having to get back involved in the play. So that's something to keep an eye on as well. And he does, once he gets in that straight line, he's got that closing speed and he's got that hunter's mentality. But that change of direction, not as natural and to be understood for a near 300 pound edge rusher slash pass rusher. Those are my negatives. Nothing like too crazy. Nothing that I feel like is um, like completely going to hold him back or anything like that, but things he definitely needs to work on. And that I think the big thing here is just the level of competition, right? And how does that ultimately carry over? What is he going to bring to Green Bay? I think he's going to immediately start as a rotational pass rush specialist. And once again, probably play in that 10 to 12 snap range. I think if you can use him in that range as a 10 to 12 snap pass rush rotational player, I think that's a really, really good spot for him. I think the issue here is that I think they kind of would like to use Colby Wooden in the same regard. I think they would like to use Lucas Van Ness a little bit on the inside as a pass rusher. You know what you need at some point? You need some guys that can hold up at the point of attack against the run. And yes, Slayton, Clark, and Devontae Wyatt to some extent can do some of that but you need some depth that can come in and hold the point of attack as well. Wooden and Brooks, I think are going to want to be more pass rush guys. And that's going to be something that's going to be just interesting to keep an eye on and to see how these guys hold up against the run. And a lot of times, hey, if you want to play more, if you want to get on the field more, you better show you can hold up against the run. Because if you can't, it's going to be hard to get on the field. Ask Devontae Wyatt a season ago. He had the hustle, he had the heart, he had the skills, he had the athleticism, he had everything. Didn't always hold up the best at the point of attack against the run would get pushed out of his gap. 
Green Bay didn't trust him a ton in the run game. Didn't see the field a ton. So if these guys want to play, it's great that they've got some pass rush prowess, but they're going to need to you know, show that they can win in run defense if they really want to get on the field and play with any level of consistency. But the thing with Carl Brooks is don't be surprised if he gets some time on the edges on some early downs to be a edge defender who sets an aggressive edge at nearly 300 pounds. That's a fun way to use him, kick him inside on passing downs. I think there's going to be some real versatility for him there. My final thoughts is I am massively intrigued as to what Carl Brooks can become. As mentioned, there's a good chance this just doesn't translate. It just is what it is. That's a not ideal athlete coming from a smaller school who was able to win against lesser competition and now is going to have to find a way to evolve in a kind of a new position and against much better competition. We're going to see how that pans out. That said, I am so excited and I'm geeking out over the potential that Carl Brooks has. As a six-round pick, you could not find a more fun, better player, better fit, and just somebody who I think can come in and still make an impact, even if it's only 12, 15 snaps a game, even 10 snaps a game. And if it even remotely translates from what he did at Bowling Green, Green Bay will have a beyond steal in the sixth round in Carl Brooks. If it translates at all, look out. He is going to make an impact as a pass rusher in the NFL. That's going to do it for me today. Thank you so much for joining me. As you can tell, I really, really enjoyed this episode. Really, really enjoyed Carl, Carl Brooks. I hope you enjoy this episode as much as I did. Make sure to subscribe if you have not recently or done so already. Would really appreciate that. I'll be right back here tomorrow with an all new show. But until next time, and as always, go Pack Go.